Well, hey, everybody, I'm really excited that you've decided to join us from wherever you are in the world as we continue this Promises Made series that we've been having a look at during our midweek services. Jesus called you something. He didn't just call you unto Him. He didn't just call you to Him. He actually called you certain names. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me, especially ones that are called by Jesus Christ. He called me a disciple. He called me a light bearer. He called me the salt of the earth. He called me more than an overcomer. And as a result of those things that He has called me, He has promised to me, I can run my life and judge my life and work my life because of those things. So let's jump in. Let's say a quick word of prayer as we get on to the next thing that Jesus has called us and promised us that He sees us as. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You so very much that as we come together from all over the world, You have a word for us right now. You have a name that You wish to call us that extends a promise to us. You have made a promise in how You have called us. And so, Father, we thank You and we ask you to speak deep into our lives right now. We're excited to hear from you today. Speak to us. Teach us, we pray. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so very much from joy for joining us from around the world. We just absolutely love the concept of you being able to be with us, you being able to join in with us and be with us from wherever you are in the world. We love you and we appreciate that you have joined us. It's a special thing when we get to realize that Jesus has called us something important. He, he called us, and, and He didn't just say, hey, I want you to be mine, I want you to follow me. No, He actually called us by, to do something. By what He named us, by what He called us, He fundamentally extended a promise as regards how our lives should and could be. When we have a look at the scriptures that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks, we realize that He didn't just give us a law to follow. He didn't just give us a, a law that we needed to obey, a, a law that we needed to follow through on every single day. No, by calling us the names He called us, by calling us with a name, He fundamentally gave us a promised life, a purposeful life, a promise fundamentally gets us to move in a direction. It gives us a purpose. If I promise that there's some money lying on my desk right now for you, you have a purpose to go and get that money. You have a purpose as soon as you have a promise. And by the promises that he made, by the promises that he shared, he shared those promises by calling us certain things. And so when we have a look at it, when we respond to what he's called us, what the names that he's called us, it's not just about saying, oh, Jesus called me his disciple. No, he's called us so much. By calling us his disciples, he called us to a life of promise. He called us to a life of promise seeking. He called us to a life of knowing that there was a direction, that there was something that we could work towards, that there was something that we had in store for us. By calling us the salt and the light, he called us to say, hey, I need you to go out and do something. And remember two weeks ago, we discussed that by calling us the salt and the light, he was asking us to find a need and fill it, find a hurt and heal it. And then in the last session, we took a look and said, well, he called us to be overcomers. We live by life with an overcoming attitude. We live life with the ability to fight back with supernatural weapons, not just weapons that we think we have or we think that we've got in our own arsenal. No, Jesus blesses us with supernatural things to be able to overcome in his power. 
And I remember growing up, I remember when I was kind of coming into, into those, those years of, of 8, 9, 10 and building towards my teenage years, I remember very distinctly the names other people called me. And uh, for those of you who might not know me, you know that I may have had quite a, a difficult childhood. And uh, because of the feelings of inadequacy, for the feelings of incompetency, for the feelings that I would never amount to much, I listened to the voices of people that were calling me things. My father called me, never amount to much. Um, the friends in the neighborhood always used to mock me and laugh at me. We, we, were, we were a part of a religious sect, and, and we were always doing things differently. And so the neighbors, the children were able to call things. And I listened to those words, and I let those names that I was called seep into me. And as a result, I began to overcompensate for those feelings of inadequacy and incompetency. My father used to say to me, you've got so much potential um, maybe one day you'll do something with it. I, I never felt like I shone at anything. I never felt like I, I could achieve much. And so as a result, I overcompensated for the names that other people had called me, the things that they said I was and the things that I would be doing. And so when we have a look at it, I, I feel that sometimes we, we, we have so much potential in us, Jesus calls it out of us. And instead of overcompensating for what he has told us we are, what he has described us to be, what he has decided us to be, no, we overcompensate and we now get, sit back in feelings of inadequacy and incompetency. But I got to a point in my life where I had to differentiate about the life and the names that I was called before Jesus and the names that I was called after Jesus. I had to allow the names that Jesus called me to seep even deeper into my heart than the names I was called before I met Jesus. I had to differentiate between the two lives that I had before Jesus and after Jesus. Even if those around me had told me that I was brilliant, that I was awesome, that I was incredible, even if those around me before Jesus had encouraged me and told me that I was fantastic, I was never going to be as brilliant and as fantastic as I was until I realized that Jesus was calling me uh, an overcomer, that Jesus was causing, calling me the salt and the light, that Jesus genuinely felt that I was fantastic and awesome. Uh, the, the words from other people will always be empty. They might be encouraging, they might be positive, but fundamentally they're still human. But when Jesus calls me something, I step from being human into being supernatural. It's because of what he promised I was to him that I can live an incredible supernatural life. What he calls me gives me purpose. What he promises me gives me a destiny. If you don't know the purpose of a thing... We sometimes abuse the thing. We overcompensate. If you don't know what something is that you pick up in the street and it looks like trash, well, we treat it like trash. If we don't know the purpose of a thing, we sometimes abuse the thing. If you want to know the purpose of something, you don't ask the things around that item or that item itself. You don't ask if you open up your drawer. How many of you have got a drawer in your home with where it's the everything goes drawer? When all you've got those little bits and pieces of things that you don't really know if you should keep or if you shouldn't keep, that little set of screwdrivers, that those old batteries that you keep. You've got that anything goes drawer. I hope I'm not the only anything goes drawer sinner in the world. But when you open up that anything goes drawer sinner and you look at something in the drawer and you don't know quite what it is and where it comes from, you don't ask that thing what its purpose 
says. You don't ask the other bits and pieces around that thing what its purpose is. No, the best way to do and find out what the purpose of that thing is, is to ask the maker, the creator of that thing, what the purpose of that object is. And so when we have to look and find our purpose, we don't look at the other people around us to find our purpose. We don't dig deep within ourselves to try and find our purpose. No, we look at what the maker of us called us, what the maker of us promised us through Jesus Christ. We ask the promise giver what the promise is over our promised lives. If you want to know the purpose of the thing, don't ask the thing or the things around the thing. Ask the creator of the thing. And then I, when I grew up and as I got older in my life and I, I was telling people that I believed in Jesus, even though it was kind of a, a, a misguided understanding of what Jesus was in my life, I, I really kind of had a look and said, well, hang on, um, I'm with Jesus. And they would look at me and they well, there's something wrong with you. you you're one of those Jesus freaks. You wanna, there's something wrong with you if you listen to what Jesus is calling you. And I quickly became to realize that, you know, actually without Jesus Christ, there's something wrong with me. When I I don't have Jesus in my life. I'm listening to all these other voices of what, he's, what, what people are telling me and what people are calling me. And without Jesus Christ, I'm actually look, listening to the wrong voices. But with Jesus Christ, I'm listening to the right promises. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 3 and verse 5 in the New Living Translation says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Yes, before Jesus, I was dead. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and He loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that we have been saved. You see, the moment I realize that it's through Jesus, I actually have something right in my life. And before Jesus, I have nothing. That I, I realize that before Jesus, I was spiritually dead. I was sinful. I was floating around and flapping in the wind like um, Isaiah describes. It, it's, a, it's a not a great place to be. And I'm going to be listening to all sorts of voices. I'm going to be listening to all sorts of things in my world if I'm not listening to the promises of Jesus. And the promise is, is that it's a merciful gift. It's rich in mercy that God loved us so much that He gave us life when He raised Jesus Christ from the dead in us. So I realized that with Christ, I was something. And I wasn't something wrong when I had Jesus. In fact, I was wrong without Jesus. And then I came across a scripture that just blew my mind. Because I knew I was a piece of something. But I didn't realize that Jesus had called me a masterpiece. I realized that I was something special. I had, I had a piece of something in me. But I, I didn't realize that I was a masterpiece. Peace. And, and this scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 and 10 unlocked a promise in my life that I hope will unlock a promise in yours. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He has planned for us long, long ago. We are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works because we are a good work. Have a listen to that scripture. We are God's masterpiece. In other words, we are a masterpiece 
in the ownership of the Most High God. We are God's painting. We are God's creation. We are God's good work. We are God's fantastic peace. And so we are here for the service of God. We are here to please God. And that is how we are a masterpiece. But God has also made us good so that we could get up to good works. When we have a listen to the voices and the name calling of the people around us, the items that are purposeless in our world, when we have a look at these kinds of things happening, when we have a look at the people around us and the names that they call us, we are never going to amount to anything other than what they call us. But when we start listening and drinking into what God calls us a masterpiece for good works because He's made you good through Jesus Christ, well then, all of a sudden I'm able to stand up and I'm raising my game to a supernatural level. I'm not basing myself things on the flesh, whether good or bad, positive or negative. No, I'm now lifting myself to be a supernatural being there to do goods, God's work, God's good work. As a masterpiece of God, I have to realize that God doesn't make junk. He doesn't make broken things. He doesn't make things that will never amount to much. He doesn't make things that aren't good enough. He doesn't make things that just sit around with potential and never achieve. He doesn't make things where mediocrity is okay. No, He makes things that go on to live a life of purpose. He makes things that are masterful, that are good, that can do good works, that don't have to shrink back, that can push forward despite what the world and people are saying about them. Jesus has called you a masterpiece and as a result, I have a master to purpose. I have a mastered definition. I have a mastered destiny. I have a place to go that includes being with the master. Not with those who are around me pulling me back. No, with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I am made for Him and to do His work through me. That is what it means to be God's masterpiece. He didn't make junk. He didn't make things that will break. No, He made things that will continue and see all eternity for all time. I am God's masterpiece and I have been made into a masterpiece through Jesus Christ. I have been made into that masterpiece like you and like everybody else listening to this message and all around the world. We have people that have been made into masterpieces by Jesus Christ to do what God has directed and created me to do. As God's masterpiece, I am made I have been created for the master's purpose. I have been made to do his work, his purpose, his destiny. Have a look at Psalms 139 and verse 13 to 16. It says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I am a masterpiece for the master's business. I am a masterpiece for the master's purpose. And it doesn't have to be a church purpose. It doesn't have to be some ministry calling or some missionary calling. No, you can be a masterpiece in your business's purpose right now. Maybe you are setting up a business. Maybe you're a small business owner. Maybe you employ some people. Maybe you work at a large business. Maybe your employer is not very Christian and he calls you things that you aren't. In your business place right now, 
now, God has a reason and a purpose for you right there. And He's placed this masterpiece, you, you, the masterpiece. He's placed you right there so that He can work His master's work through you in that place. You have been formed by God, put together by God, constructed by God. You haven't been put together by this world. Your traits haven't been created by the people around you or what abusive parents or abusive people in your life have called you. You haven't been formed by the situation that you're in. You haven't been formed by your financial status or your bank account balance. You haven't been formed by anything other than the Master, the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. And He is perfect in all he does. His purpose for you, his desire for you, his promise for you is manifest by him calling you a masterpiece. You are not just something that he wishes to throw away. When he looks at you, he's not opening the drawer of humanity and going, oh, another misfit. I'm going to toss that into the drawer of humanity. No, he knows in the moment in history when he dropped you, his masterpiece, into the world for a purpose and a reason. Now, you might be going, but Craig, I don't know my purpose. I know God has a purpose for me, but I don't know my purpose I want to look at you today and say this to you. God's purpose for you today is for you to realize that you are a masterpiece of God. It's not to find some job. It's not to find a place or a position or find some wind, a job that gives you a, a purpose or a, a mission or a Christian calling. No, His purpose for us is simple. When we realize what He's called us, when we realize what He thinks of us, we'll know what to do. We often can't get to what we should be doing by God for God because we haven't realized what He's called us, what names He's given us. We haven't deeply accepted that we are His disciples. We are blessed to have His promise. We are the salt and the light. We are overcomers and we are His masterpiece. Your purpose is simple. Realize that God is loving you and that God has called you a masterpiece. And watch what you do change based on who you know you are with God. I've often said this, when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Don't try and find out who you are in what you do. Realize who you are first, and then you'll know what to do. As a, God, as a masterpiece of God, I am here to simply realize that I have been made by an incredible God. I, will, I want to do everything to be able to honor what He has called me. I don't wake up in the morning thinking I'm a half-beat piece of nothing. I wake up in the morning and I believe I'm a masterpiece. My body might be telling me I'm feeling beat up. My mind might be saying I'm depressed. But my spirit man screams out to me that you have been made by the Most High God for a purpose and for a reason. You are a piece of the Master and you are the Master's peace. Jesus is in me so that I can worship and honor Him. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Have a look at that. First of all, read the last part of that scripture in 2 Peter verse 1 and verse 3, uh, chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, He's called us by His own glory and goodness. Every name that He's called us, 
Not that, Jesus, not that he just said, hey, come here so that you can see my glory and goodness. No, he's called you a masterpiece because he's put his glory and his goodness on the inside of you. So when he looks at you, he's calling out for that which he's placed in you. When he looks at you, he calls out his glory that he's placed in you. When he looks at you and calls you a masterpiece, he's calling out his goodness that he's already placed in you. God will never call you something that he already hasn't given you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb and gave you everything you needed to be a masterpiece. He placed it on the inside of you already. So when he looks at you, he's not calling you to be a masterpiece. He's calling out the masterpiece that he's already placed on the inside of you. When he call, looks at you and says you are an overcomer, he doesn't call you to rally the troops, muster up your courage. No, he's already placed the faith. He's already placed the courage on the inside of you. And when he calls you an overcomer, he's calling out the pieces of the master that he's already placed in you. He has placed pieces of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. He's placed gifts of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he's calling that out. And when he calls it out, he's calling it out so that when we respond, the glory is given to him. You see, we worship God by accepting what he has called us and walking out a life according to what he has called us. That is our true acceptable worship. In Romans chapter 12, it tells us quite clearly that we are to do and we are to change our minds so that we can see the perfect will of God unfold in our lives. The perfect will of God is that He's wired us to worship Him. And when He calls us a masterpiece, we are called to be His. We are drawn towards Him. He pulls out that which He's placed on the inside of us. And when our flesh follows the spirit man, when our flesh follows what He's called us to be, watch our lives and others around Him, us change and be orientated towards Him. You see, when we respond to what Jesus has called us, we can only respond to what Jesus has called us if we accept what Jesus has called us, if we are at peace with what Jesus has called us. So if you're sitting at home right now and looking around going, I'm not much of a masterpiece, you need to respond and stop speaking out the brokenness and start seeing the master's work in you. God has called you to be a masterpiece. Stand and be one. Stand and put down what the mind and what people are saying to you. Because as soon as you believe what Jesus has called you, you are then able to respond like Jesus needs you to respond. Jesus doesn't need you to respond in brokenness. No, he needs you to respond in the fullness that's already been placed on the inside of you. He needs you to step up and be the masterpiece. Start walking out the masterpiece life. Start walking out thinking of yourself as being put together by God for a purpose, for a reason, and for a destiny. And when we can walk out that, that is when we are worshiping. When we return to God that which He has called us, that is our acceptable worship. God's divine power, says the first part of that scripture in 2 Peter 1 verse 3, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a life and for godliness. You see, we've already been given everything that we need. Everything that we need. Moses gets up and in the presence of the glory of God. God tells him what he is. You're a liberator. You are going to go and set my people free. And Moses immediately refuses to accept what God has called him. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm not a liberator. I, I can't speak well. 
And immediately Moses comes up with an excuse why what he's been called the supernatural will never become reality. You see, when we understand that the excuses we make prevent the names we've been called in the supernatural becoming reality, it's not God's blessing that's being withheld from us. It's not God punishing us that we're not seeing the supernatural in our lives. It's that we haven't accepted what God has called us and what God has named us through Jesus Christ. We, can say, we say, I cannot, when we should say, I can. We can say, I'm not, when we should say, I am. We, we say, we don't have to, when we say, we should. We, we should say, oh, I need to be more prettier, when God has called you gorgeous. We say, oh, I need more hair, when God has anointed every part of you. We say, that I need to be better like this, I need to do that, I need to get this. And all the while, we are putting off the supernatural name calling that Jesus has created in our lives. I don't mind being called whatever Jesus wants me to be called because I know when He calls me a name, it's to promote me, it's to grow me, it's to impassion me, it's to create a purpose in me, it's to give me direction. When I say I can't sing, He hears the songs of my heart in worship. When I say I'm not autistic, He sees the art that I make with my life. Oh, I can't work with my hands. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, it's not the job that you have to do. It's the name that you have to walk out. You weren't created to sing. You weren't created to paint. You weren't created to fix a toilet. You were created to respond to the name that Jesus has called you. And today's message is telling you that you have been called a masterpiece. And it's time that you responded to the name, the promise that Jesus has placed over your life. The things that we do are not who we are. The name that Jesus calls us is the purpose that we will walk out. And I am determined to walk out the name of being a peace for the master and a master's peace. God uses everything in my life to bring about his purpose. Not just the supernatural, not just the airy fairy, not just the scripture that motivates me in the morning. No, the negative thoughts, the positive thoughts, everything in my life he can shape towards the name that he's called me. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Who have been called according to His purpose. He will never call you a name that doesn't align to His divine supernatural purpose. And if we can accept that we have been called a masterpiece, because we are aligned to doing the master's work, well, then we will begin to understand that everything works for the good. It's not just about sitting around going, oh, everything works for the good for those who believe in Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. You have to realize what you've been called. That scripture says that you have to know what you've been called. You have been called according to his purpose. What is his purpose? For you to stand up and realize that you have been made a masterpiece. That is his purpose. It's not for you to realize that you have, have been pushed down, that you are not good enough. No, it's for you to stand up and know that you are a masterpiece. That is what it is to be called according to his purpose. You being called a masterpiece today is part of God's purpose. And when we can understand that we have been called that name, when we can understand that we have been called a masterpiece and we can start allowing the master's work to flow through us and not stop that work like Moses did initially with an excuse, well, then we can start seeing the master's work through, come through us. What we mean for evil, God uses for good. 
Before Jesus, I was a mess, but he made sure I met Jesus, so my life is no longer a mess. But the biggest thing that prevents us from thinking that we are what Jesus calls us, and therefore walking out what Jesus has called us to be, is that quite frankly, many of us don't like ourselves. Oh, come on. I'm not the only sinner in the house today. I know that there are many of you sitting at home. I don't like this about myself. I don't like that about myself. I don't like myself. Well, if that's you, I want to give you some tips on how you can rebuild yourself. This is Makeover Masterpiece 101. And what we can do is we can have a look at how I can become a masterpiece in a few simple statements. First of all, in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 3 to 4, it says this, So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the potter's wheel. He was using his hands to make a pot from clay, but something went wrong with it. So the potter used that clay to make another pot the way he wanted it to be. God made you in his image. He set you aside. But sadly at first, something went wrong. Sin crept into your life. Abuse crept into your life. Negative statements crept into your life. Depression crept into your life. Financial fallout crept into your life. And slowly but surely, these things started to change what the potter had intended for you to look like. Step number one, if you don't like yourself, is let God remake you. Let God reconstruct you from the bottom up. Let him start telling you that when some people tell you you are broken, you are a masterpiece. When some people tell you you'll never amount to much, you are an overcomer. When somebody says what you're going to do won't help the situation, you are the salt and the light. When you say that I'm devoid of purpose and promise, you become a disciple, a promise seeker. You see, the first thing we need to do if we don't like ourselves is let God tell us how much he likes us. Let God reshape you. Let God remake you. It's a beautiful poem he wants to create out of your life. It's the perfect workmanship he wants you to look at your life. He wants to build this perfect tapestry out of your life. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom used to teach me how to do basic macrame and tapestry when I was young. And, and I, I always thank her because I went on to become a, a paramedic and a fireman and I needed to know how to do all of those fancy knots. But the fact is, is if you ever looked at a beautiful tapestry on the back... On the back side of a tapestry, it could be quite a mess. It can look untidy. It can look like no design. It can look like no purpose. But when we allow the master to turn us around and show us the right side of who we are, we see a beautiful design, one that is worth a, a, a lot, one that has great value, the one that, is, that can do great things. When we have a look at, the, if we're constantly looking at the backside of the tapestry, we're all gonna, always going to see the backside of the picture. It's always going to be wrong. It's always going to be the wrong way around. It's always going to be untidy. It's always going to be a mess. But when we allow the master to remake us, when we allow the master to flip us over, there's a beautiful design and something of great value. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. The old names have gone. The old things that people wanted you to believe about yourself have gone. You have now been made new. The old has gone and the new has come. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11, it says this, In him we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan. What's the plan? We've been predestined to accept His names. We've been predestined to accept what He has called us. He wants us so badly to know that we are a masterpiece. 
according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with what? The purpose of His will. His purpose is for you to be a masterpiece. The second thing you need to know if you don't like yourself is, hey, if somebody turns around to you or you tell yourself that there's something about you that's not good, you look in the mirror, you look at that person, you say this, God's not finished with me yet. God's not finished with me yet. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ arrives. Isaiah 64 verse 8 and 9 says this, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. Yes, God is not finished with me yet. If there's something I don't like about myself, that's okay. God's working on it, and He has a plan to make sure that that is brought into the light and changed um, and, and changes. The third thing you need to know if you don't like about you, if you don't like yourself, is this: what others may call you gives you a status, but what God calls me gives me a purpose. It might be a status that I am not liked. It might be a status that I am not good enough. It might be a status what others call you, including yourself. What others call you gives you a status, but what God calls you gives you a purpose. You see, the greatest tragedy, tragedy in life is life without purpose. When you don't like yourself, you surely don't believe that you have a purpose. The greatest tragedy in life is life without purpose. But life without purpose is simply time spent without meaning. You see, time without value, time without meaning, means that you are living a purposeful life. And if you don't believe that you are valuable, your time is going to be valueless and you're going to have purposelessness. But you see, when you are able to construct a value based on being called God's masterpiece, now you know that you have a purpose of a thing. You don't have to ask the things around that thing. You don't have to ask that thing. You ask the maker of the thing what the purpose of that thing is. So to remind yourself, if you don't like yourself, let God remake you. Number two, make sure that you accept that God's not finished with you yet. And finally realize that God's call, God's naming, calling of you is not negative. It's positive and it's going to give you a purpose. Your purpose as a masterpiece is to be a piece of the master to the world. Your purpose, when you realize that you are a masterpiece, is that the piece of the master that's in you has been specifically put there, deliberately put there by the master himself so that you can be who he is to the world. To realize that you are the masterpiece of God means that you are to be about God's work. But you only get about God's work not to find who you are. No, discover who you are and then you'll know what to do. Live life with a purpose. When God calls you to be a masterpiece, He's giving you a purpose. Stand and accept today that God calling you a masterpiece is indeed who you are. And watch His purpose and His plan unfold in your life. When we have a look at this process of allowing the purpose to unfold in our lives, it starts with the name. What has Jesus called us to be? When he sat with his disciples in the last meal, he said, Hey, I have a purpose for you. 
We are to go and change the world. I'm going to go away. The Holy Spirit's coming. But I'm, when I go away and the Holy Spirit comes, it's going to unleash on this world change and hope, a purpose. He called them his disciples. And he said to them on that night, on the last night of his life, he said, hey, keep remembering what I call you. Keep remembering who I am to you. Keep remembering your purpose. And to be able to have a purpose, we have to be in unity with Jesus Christ. I have to agree with the names he's called me to be able to walk out the purpose of the name that he's called me. If I'm not in agreement with Jesus Christ and the names he's called me, I'm going to have a purposeless life. And so what we do here at Victory Life Church Online and churches around the world is we often celebrate communion together. Communion in common union with what Jesus has called us to be. Through his body and his blood, he called us to be incredible things. He unleashed supernatural abilities and talents in our lives just by coming and walking amongst us, giving up his life and dying for us. He created a covenant with us that said, By my blood, I will never ever leave you nor forsake you. My covenant is true. It's once for all time, he said. And when we look at that covenant, it means that the names he calls us, we can believe. And so as we go into a time of communion right now, you may not have a, a wafer or some juice available to you. Whatever you can take and use around you in seriousness, in, in the brevity of what this means, by taking and eating something that represents Jesus' body, whether that's a piece of bread or whatever you've got, a, a biscuit or, or a, a, a cracker, whatever you've got available, why don't you just take that right now and say, when I eat of this bread, when I eat of this item, it represents the fact that Jesus' body was here on earth so that he could name call. He could drop names. He could drop promise. He could drop purpose. He could drop all the things that he gave into my life. He came to demonstrate to me. And this body lived on this planet, died on this planet, was broken on this planet so that I could get the names that he called me. I could understand that he genuinely believed in me and loved me. So take, eat, and know that Jesus' body represents all of the purpose, the destiny, and the eternity that he has called you to have. We drink of a cup, whether that be some water, some juice, whatever it is that you're using today to represent his blood it, it doesn't matter as long as it's done in seriousness and you understand the weight of what we're doing we are saying that we accept the covenant now when we speak about covenant we usually use the word contract and i remember my dad used to walk around where it would be really cool if we could go back to a world where a man's handshake a man's word is as good as a contract well jesus's word he was the word he was the living contract it was a contract saying to you that whatever I have promised you, I genuinely believe in you and you will see it come to be. And I will give you all eternity, he said, to work out what I have called you to be. So when we drink of this cup, we celebrate the fact that Jesus' word was his bond. It was a covenant. It was a contract. What he's called you, he believes and sees in you. Take drink and know that Jesus loves you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that we can be called names by you. And that the name you've called us today is Masterpiece. And that we have a piece of the Master in us. We are in union with him. 
We are so closely aligned to him that it feels like it is true that he's on the inside of us. And so, Father, we ask that you just stir up in us the knowledge, the acceptance, the peace that comes from knowing that through his body and his blood, he has made us all masterpiece. So, Father, we thank you that we are your masterpiece. We thank you that you've placed a piece of the master on the inside of us and that we can go and be a piece of the master to others. We love you and we honor you. Thank you for calling us a name. Thank you for giving us a promise. Thank you for giving us a purpose by calling us your masterpiece. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people around the world said amen and amen. Well, thank you so very much for joining us. It was an honor and a privilege having with you with us. I hope I didn't get too excited. I hope I didn't get too blustery. But I know that when you know who you are, you will know what to do. Today, know that you are a masterpiece. And because you know you are a masterpiece, know that you can get about the master's business. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again really, really soon here at Victory Life Church Online this weekend and for next week's midweek messages. Look forward to seeing you again soon. You be blessed.